Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Back From Football Talk Show. We are here to kind of give you an update after United beat Liverpool in that um, exciting game at Old Trafford. We have Aaron here with us, Oscar, and for the first time in the podcast, Max. He's been itching to get in on the action. Um, he's a Bayern fan, so we're going we're gonna to ask some serious and some tough questions at him today. We're going to throw him at him and, um, and we'll see how he responds. Max, how you doing, man? Good to have you. I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm happy to be here. One reason only, you know, I'm here. <laughs> Just Bayern. I love it. Um, he's also a big Premier League fan. So, so that's, that's good. That's the only reason why we, uh, we keep him in the loop. Um, okay. Let's start with Harry Kane, though. All right. Oscar, we're going to, I mean, Aaron, we're going to go with you. Harry Kane broke Sergio Aguero's record for the most goals with a single team in the, with a single club in the Premier League. He's, he's got, he's got to 185 now, I think. Um, surpassing Aguero, Rooney had 183, and then I think Thierry Henry had 175. Now, can he, this, I think, I feel like this question has been raised a few times. No titles, no Premier League titles with Tottenham, uh, at all, or well, with Tottenham in general. So, can he be considered a Premier League legend already? Um, before I answer that, Bayern is the best team to use on FIFA 22. <laughs> Let's make that okay. Facts. Um, but facts. yeah, I was gonna bring up the no titles, but if you look at the guys behind him, um, Aguero, I think, Drogba's yeah, you got Rooney, you got Rooney, Henri, yeah, Rooney. all these guys, and He's on top of the list there for the most goals for one team. I think he's second most all time in the Premier League, just behind Alan Shearer. And he's going to pass him too if he stays at Tottenham. So, the way you asked the question, Premier League legend, yes, uh, 100%. The lack of accolades is tough because he's, it's like a punishment for him staying loyal. If he had moved on to different clubs, then he wouldn't have this specific accolade. But because he stayed loyal to Tottenham, <laughs> Um, which might not be the best chance for winning a title. Um, he doesn't have the team accolades, but the individual accolades are there. Um, like he's had the young player of the year for the Premier League, um, three-time top scorers. Uh, he's had seasons of 30 goals, 29 goals, 25 goals, 23 goals. Um, so without a doubt, in my mind, he's a Premier League legend. And he's only 29 years old. Yeah, I mean, and well, actually, I'm just remembering now that we talked in one of the episodes uh, during the summer transfer window, when Bayern was looking at number nine, Harry Kane was one of the ones, one of the names that kind of showed up um, in the rumor mill. And 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 to be honest, like yeah, you're saying he's just 29. He's nobody's doubting that he's a fantastic goal scorer, right? Uh, the numbers speak for themselves, and not just that, but he's gotten these numbers even when Tottenham wasn't a good team in the Premier League, wasn't top four um, or even top well, top six probably they've always been since they since he was there. Um, but, but Max, do you agree that, that he's a Premier League legend? I agree with what Aaron said, but the way I see it is like, it's one of those things where the fact that he has no trophies that will always get brought up, like for the rest of his career, that will get brought up until like, it'll always be, yes, he's a legend, but like that'll always get brought up to me, I think. And this is the thing, like Tottenham, Tottenham, the thing is, okay, so you could say, yeah, he's got no uh, no titles, right? And you could say Tottenham's not really a, a team that's ready to challenge for the title. Leicester won the title, and that year Tottenham should have won it. There's like no excuse for them not to have won it. They were second that year in the Premier League, and they were this close to win it. So that's, for example, he'd have one Premier League title. He'd have one Champions League title if they could have beaten Liverpool in, in 2019, you know? So like they have been there. There's, there's, it's, there's, they've been a team that's consi not consistent, but that at a certain point, have been 
close to 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 getting titles right they've reached fa cup finals and and cup finals in england and they have had these opportunities so that's why i bring that into the question i think Oscar? you can also look at it in another way too where tottenham's always been met and kane due to his goal scoring has elevated them to um being second in the premier league uh, almost like everything you just said so i think it's just the way you look at it and i don't know maybe oscar you're thinking the same thing but I mean, that's, that's something I gotta take in consideration 100%. I mean, it's not that Tottenham has always had the squad that Manchester City has, that Liverpool has, that Manchester United had a few years ago. Uh, they've never had the players that those big teams had that produced them to win the Premier League or to win any other domestic trophies. Now, I think Harry Kane was a Premier League, Premier League legend even before breaking Aguero's record. I mean, you see the numbers that he has. And with just 29 years of age, he's definitely going to become one of the Premier League's all-time uh, top scorers, if not the top scorer in a few years. It's just how many goals away from Alan Shearer, like 60 goals? Alan Shearer's, yeah, Alan Shearer's at 60, and I think he's at almost 190, so 70 goals. That could and be done in, in four seasons. seasons. Yeah. Even, even in two, if he has two seasons where he scores uh, 30 or plus goals, 30 or plus Premier League goals. And I really believe this season, Harry Kane, if it's not early Haaland, I think he will finish as the league's top scorer. So uh, we'll just have to give him time and I really think that he's going to be uh, the Premier League's all-leading time scorer. Me, I, I think that he's going to be there. And to be honest, you got to think Alan Shearer and these type of, uh, of strikers, they're not... Like Harry Kane has kind of morphed into more of an attacking mid, a goal-scoring attacking mid, right? When Where he comes, kind of drops, he opens his spaces up for Kurusevsky, for... Um, for a son in behind, right? Now he's going to have Richarlison too, who can also be a, a number nine. So this guy is more of a, well, he's kind of, say, let's say Benzema. Obviously, it's a very different type of striker in terms of physicality and, and, and attacking qualities, but he can drop deep and create, right? So he's a different type of striker too. Um, and that's something that's going to definitely go into the conversation of, of when, when he retires how much of a legend he is, right? It's not just the fact that he could score goals, but what he did for the team. Um, and he, I, one thing I can say for him is he has sacrificed a little bit of his, of his goal scoring for the good of the team because he, he became that player when Mourinho joined uh, Tottenham and continued to do so even after he left, I think. I, I think um, if Tottenham, yeah. if he stays at Tottenham for the remainder of his prime, when he retires and we look back, I don't think he'll be punished for not winning a title but if he leaves Tottenham in the middle of his prime to a contending team then it'll be that okay he left Tottenham to go win and he didn't win so I think that's yeah. that's going to be the the knock if, whether he leaves Tottenham or not yeah I mean take take Totti for example I know Gio would be bringing this up 100% he'd be bringing this up Totti stayed at Roma he could have had Ballon d'Ors he could have had Champions League at Real Madrid probably and he stayed at Roma and he won two Serie A titles in about 25 years with the, with the team. And the only two titles that the club has. And he's looked at as a legend, right? In Italy, not just in Rome. So I think that's what's going to happen with Harry Kane. Like inevitably, um, also being the, the number nine for England, right? It's, it, it plays a part. Um, he, he is going to be regarded as a Premier League legend. I just think that right now he's just a prolific striker. He's a very prolific striker. And we can talk about legend later on you know i i would want to see some titles too to be honest um oscar we're gonna keep we're gonna keep it we'll cut the conversation going with you um chelsea unfortunately nobody likes watching chelsea lose they 
lost <laughs> pretty bad, pretty bad game against. I woke up for that. I can't believe I woke up for that. Pretty bad game against Leeds United. Um, obviously Leeds did a good, like played a, a big part in, in, in the, in the win, of course. Um, but last week we had the Hayes blunder for United that he came out of the game and said that he cost the team three points. Do you think that Mendy, um, kind of sort of did the same because first goal, Chelsea wasn't really being great during the, the game, but they weren't really underperforming yet or, or that bad of a performance yet. And then this goal kind of just, you know, gets in the way. And now you're down 1-0 in a game where you were already kind of struggling. Um, do you think that Men Mendy is, is the, maybe the most responsible on the field? I mean, at a certain point he is, but he's not fully responsible because Leeds way, were way better than Chelsea for the majority of the game. Obviously, if you're down 1-0 and your keeper concedes a mistake and ends up conceding a goal, that brings the team spirit down. But regardless of that, I think Leeds were absolutely fantastic in this game. Uh, Chelsea were completely dominated. Like the performance we saw, the first half that we saw against Spurs the week before, that was thrown into the garbage because we didn't see that from Chelsea this uh, match day. And I want to point one of the weaknesses from this Chelsea team, and that's not having a number nine and not addressing the correct position in the transfer market. Yeah, you lost Timo Werner, but he wasn't really a very good player for Chelsea. You have Kai Havertz, who for me is one of the most overrated players that oh, Chelsea man. has. What, what? I mean, we're going to speak real... No, no, no. Keep, keep, keep going. Keep going. I'll, I'll give you my piece right after you finish. What, what, was, what has Kai Havertz done for the club apart from scoring that goal in the Champions League final? Manchester City gave him a career because remember that that goal happens because Manchester City were not playing a number five. But let's speak about Havertz later. They signed Sterling. This coming from a Manchester City fan. I'm just... Uh... Nah, I, I'm being totally objective here. They oh, signed yes. Sterling, okay. and Sterling is not going to solve their problem. Sterling is not a guy who's going to score 30 goals a season. He's probably going to score 15 or 20 if he's performing at his best level, but he's not going to score the 30 goals that Chelsea need from a prolific striker. striker. So here's what Chelsea has to do, what Todd Burley, Burley has to do. You have like, what, two more weeks of transfer market? Two more weeks, but wait, don't, don't, don't spoil it. We're going to go into what Chelsea need to do. Um, First off, Kai Havertz just needs to be played in his position. He hasn't played in his position one game for Chelsea. Um, and I think that that's just it. And he's been playing as a number nine, which he's not, um, as only because Lukaku's now gone, right? Um, and that's Tuchel's fault. Why'd you buy him? I don't know, because that's Tuchel's fault if he can't play him. He's a number 10. He's an attacking mid, a goal-scoring attacking mid. In the Bundesliga, that's where he used to perform his at his best. Sometimes as a false nine, yes, but it's not the same being a false nine in the Farmers' uh, Bundesliga than uh, in the Premier League. <laughs> Max is already shaking his head. Than in the Premier League, right? Um, so that's, that's one thing I'm going to say, I'm going to put out there. And then, yes, so what's the issue with Chelsea before we go into the transfer market is, here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and find the, the, the lineup again. But I, Chelsea, I, I seriously can't believe you're defending Kai Havertz at this point. Mendy, yes. Mendy played in his position. The only one, probably. Thiago Silva, centre-back, yes. Koulibaly, left centre-back. Okay, I'll take it. Reese James are the player at Chelsea right now with the most attacking threat is playing at the right centre-back position. Ruben Loftus-Cheek, who's a centre-midfielder, is playing at the 
right wing back position. Cucurella is playing in his position. Connor Gallagher is used to playing a bit higher up and he's playing as a lower center mid alongside Jorginho. Mount, the only, like, so right now, so far we have four players out of uh, nine playing in their position. And then you got Sterling and Havertz, none of them playing in their positions because they're both a double, uh, uh, two strikers up top. None of them are in the natural positions. So you can't play four players, seven players out of position and expect to come up with wins um, when the other side plays the game, right? Obviously they have an uninformed Rodrigo and they have a something good going on, right? And it was a good reaction to their, their previous game against Southampton. But aside from Leeds United doing a good job, which, yeah, kudos to them, but that's, you can't expect this to work. You can't expect this to work. But that's and, and, the quality of the player. I'm not, no. saying Kai, I'm not saying Kai Havertz doesn't have quality. He has quality. I think he's, he was a world-class talent uh, back in the days, back two years ago when he was at Bayer Leverkusen. But maybe he just doesn't have the talent that is needed to play at a bigger club. Yeah, but I'm not even talking about talent. I'm, I'm talking here about squad planification, you know? Um, who's, who's your backup to Reese James? No one. And right now you're playing Loftus-Cheek, who as soon as he came into the middle, started playing better, you know, because they, then they brought in Aspilicueta and they do all this. Like that game, he easily can start Aspilicueta as the right center back and, put, and push Reese James up top, where that's where he, he's a, a threat, you know, to the, to the right wing back position. And, and I mean, and that would have been a lot better. So now we can move into what Chelsea have to do. And I'm going to ask a question here that I had. So far in the transfer market, we're hearing Aubameyang, 33-year-old Aubameyang. We're hearing Anthony Gordon from Everton. Actually kind of excited for that one. And we're hearing Wesley Fofana from Leicester City. If they buy all those three, they're going to spend at least 160 million pounds to bring all those three, right? 80 for Fofana, 20-something for um, Aubameyang, and 50 to 60 for Anthony Gordon. So, Max, yes, you're shaking your head. Tell me why. Is, will, this fix, will this fix Chelsea? Anthony Gordon to me, like I, I don't think that one. I don't know. You, I know you said you're excited for it, but that one. I, he's a I talented. He's a talented one. player. Talented player. They don't yeah, need. Like, him. Do, you, do you need him? Yeah, exactly. Like where, where would he? Who? Would I mean, he he's. Replace? I think. I think he could be an improvement. For 50 the thing to 60 is, million, though. No, because yeah, yeah, that's that's the thing. But that's just the English player tax that they gotta pay. You know, um, like Sterling is playing on the left so far, and. He's that's where Oscar is that where he performs his best? No chance. Right side. I think Sterling is better on the right. Did you see his season under Guardiola three years ago? No, but he also like I've seen some like his best moments for me have been when he's playing on the right wing position. Regardless of what side, like you said, it is a tax. Like this is Anthony Gordini, the dude's worth four million, and he's not (laughs) ever being named into the Chelsea squad like zero chance jeez I mean I think that I mean I think he's good he's young obviously he's 21 I think um it, it, it wouldn't be my first choice I would go for someone else I would go for um I like I like Pedro Neto from Wolverhampton for example a lot I think he's a far better option you know um but it's it's the same thing and to be honest I don't care I, I just need Chelsea to bring someone in the number nine position Aubameyang I would take Tony from Brentford you know Save yourselves. I would take him. Oscar, you can't be... This guy is good. I know he's good, but you're speaking about Aubameyang. I mean, about, yes. from, 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 what I, from what I heard, Chelsea were offering around 15 million for the player. And Barcelona is asking close to 30. 
Yeah. Just, just pay the 10 remaining million and you have a Premier League proven goal scorer. 33 Premier League proven, 33-year-old. Yeah. yeah, but he's going to solve your problems at the moment, which is what you need right now. I agree. Listen, I mean, I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'm just looking to spend less. Because I seriously don't see Chelsea competing against Manchester City, against Liverpool. You just wait. Against those big teams, if they don't have a player that can score 30-plus goals. I don't. I don't either. I think Chelsea just has to focus on making the top four. Hey, August. Oh, my God. J.I., relax. August 23rd, Chelsea will not be the same as September 2nd, Chelsea. All right? You just relax. Aubameyang's coming. I'll, I'll take it. Fofana, I think Fofana is a good signing. Even you pay whatever, nobody's going to remember how much you paid for him after five, 10 years, you know? And you know why? Because there's going to be, in those 10 years, there's going to be other center backs that are going to be bought for a hundred mil. And that's just going to happen. Nobody's going to remember Fofana. I, I would pay whatever they're asking for because we're 10 days away from the end of the transfer window. Aspilicueta is on his way out. Tuco, I think, doesn't trust him the same way as he did this year, you know? Otherwise, he would have started him two days ago against Leeds, you know, um, you got to do what you got to do. Get the dead wood out of the, I, I'm I, like now Hudson Odoi is leaving on loan to Bayer Leverkusen, another one for the Farmers League. And then we're going to, we're finally making moves outward and getting people in. Right. So I think this is what we need. I think Chelsea is on their way, but let's not keep talking about Chelsea. Let's go with um, city. Oscar, you're the city guy, obviously. Um, Newcastle, really stepped it up in the first half. Um, and then we thought it was pretty much game over, but then the, I mean, the Bruyne and, and Haaland and company um, kind of stepped it up a notch and well, three, three in, in the space of three minutes, I think. Um, but just city showed some weaknesses there, right? Um, if you have a proper winger, a left winger, then you can play against Kyle Walker and and you'll have a field day apparently because St. Maximin had him, um, it was running circles around the guy. But overall, like, what did you what did you think about City? Uh, I think they started the game pretty well. But the last 25-30 minutes of the first half, they were completely dominated by Newcastle. And they were lucky that they just conceded two goals because they could have easily conceded three or four more goals that would put the game into bed. But I think the problem for Man City in this game was that Newcastle's wingers are always very fast. You see St. Maximin, he's a player that who's super fast. Almiron on the right side, he's uh, probably not the fastest player, but he's a player that can play very well behind the backs of the fullbacks. And here's where the problem comes in place, that Joao Cancelo on the left side was playing uh, as an inverted fullback. And that's when you see the second goal happen. Because it's... Uh, I don't remember who scored the second goal, but he wins Cancelo's back and then just cuts inside after saying it was um, it was uh what's his name wilson yeah Callum, Callum wilson yeah 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 so he cut uh he wins the back of joao Cancelo, and that's where the second goal is produced but uh you see man city had a very good reaction Haaland, he could have easily scored three or four goals he just scored one and i mean he had some very clear chances that he has to score those chances because that's why man city brought him he has to score those one-on-one against goalkeeper or that chance that he just had to put it in the back of the net. Well, but I'm going to say something there. Phil Foden, what's he doing? Again. I know. And the that, same that's, thing. That's something that I was going to talk about now that, I mean, I, I don't know. You got to square the ball to your number yeah. nine. Yeah, I, I don't know what the problem is with Foden, but we were speaking the last episode about Guardiola subbing him off at halftime because he didn't square the ball to Holland. 
I seriously think that Guardiola needs to have a conversation with Foden because those are the chances that can win you the game after all. You scored that second goal, the game's over for me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like the city were were one nil up at the time. Um, Oscar is, I mean, sorry, Max. <laughs> Oscar said enough already. Max is is City gonna walk away with the title this year, or run away with it? I mean, I think so. Unfortunately, I mean, yeah. I have nothing against City in any way, but just for, I guess, the sake of the Premier League, like I would like to see it a bit more than just a Liverpool City race which this year looks like it's not even gonna happen i mean arsenal i mean let's see if they can keep that form up but i think city is just gonna motor through there and then arsenal arsenal does look like the far like the strongest team so far to be honest but again arsenal is arsenal and and we were talking about it last time uh they they tend to kind of trip themselves right trip over themselves and and they've they've not played really strong opposition yet not played a big six team yet you know um so I, that's where i want to see arsenal the real arsenal arteta keeps saying that he still intends to add another winger to the team um which i think is good even though they they seem like they're set right now but they're one injury away from from not having a, a good enough starting 11 right so i think it's still good um yeah arsenal, Aaron, what about you do you do you think arsenal could maybe um challenge for for the title no no chance. No, Arsenal's <laughs> Arsenal's red hot right now, but it's only three games. Um, so if we b- break it down, it's one twelfth of the season. Uh, Man City is struggling a little bit, and they're only two points behind. Um, so, like you said, Arsenal hasn't played strong opponents at all. I think this is a huge overreaction to Arsenal. Um, the high of signing Jesus, the high of signing Zinchenko. Um, I think they've just exuded a bunch of fresh energy into that lineup. The challenge will be for Arteta's how to keep that fresh. Um, um, yeah, I feel like a lot of the good teams, like the Man Cities of the world, start to pull away in the middle of the season. Um, the dog days of the season, you can say, right? Where it's just the same, and teams can find themselves in a lull where five games, ten games of struggle, let's say it's draw, 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 loss, win, whatever. Next thing you know, a team like Man City that wins six, seven in a row, boom. Yeah, it, they're gone, and next thing you know, the season's over. Uh, you see that with teams like PSG and Bayern too. Like even sometimes, if they struggle here and there, middle of the season, they'll just go on a huge rampage, and then it's done. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think City's gonna win it for sure. I would again, like Max said, I would love to see someone give them a bit of a fight for it. Um, but unfortunately, I mean, I don't see I don't see it happening this year. I, I was talking to someone earlier this week and and they were saying it, it kind of reminds them of, of the season where Leicester won the title where all the big big six clubs were kind of either in crisis or kind of re, re restarting a project or or starting a, a specific project and that's like well city uh back then was kind of in that in that uh place and obviously Leicester took advantage of it it should have been Tottenham maybe uh but Leicester did and I think it's the same except for the fact that City has a very well-established um, project already going on and can challenge for any title. While, I mean, Liverpool thought they had and they turns out they haven't done their homework just as well. But we're going to talk about Liverpool later. We're finally going into the German league. Uh, so, Max, this is going to be you. Get ready, man. Get yeah. ready. Um, Bayern Munich put seven goals past Bochum. 
Bochum? How do you even... I don't know. Um, anyways, last place, the last place team in the Bundesliga. Um, uh, and it was 7-0 for the first time in history after three games in the Bundesliga. A team has 15 goals scored and one goal against um, and obviously a perfect, perfect record. So I'm not even going to ask what I just asked about City. We know they're going to run away with the title. They're probably going to win it in the 20th uh, fixture. But tell us why it's worth following the league this year. Oh my God, that's so broad. All right. Okay, so <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> biggest, biggest one for me is you take Bayern out of the equation. And it's a great no, game. Fantastic league. Fantastic league. Like If you look at like some of the players that have come out of the league and proved themselves in the Premier League, De Bruyne, Gundogan, Son, looking back, Balak, Company, Aubameyang, Sané, like all these players came out of there and proved themselves in the top league in the world. So right away there, like I see it much more as like a developmental league than the Farmers League. Because again, yeah, but you could also say the same from the French League and everybody. Oh, you should have. I don't know if you heard Gio last uh, last week. He was really going at the French League. Um, and talking about goalkeepers being bakers and about, you know, the <laughs> play of working part-time in a mill and all this. And it's, and it's what people think, to be honest. Um, it might not be true or that all that respectful, but it's what people think, right? And in the, and the Bundesliga obviously has had a better reputation than the French league. But to be honest, it's becoming the same thing. Bayern Munich's won the league 10 years in a row. I, yeah, no, I understand that. But then you could also like, like Syria a few years ago, didn't Juventus go on like an eight-year run? And yeah. And still have the likes of like Milan, Napoli, like other big teams in there. And in the Bundesliga now, like a big thing for the Bundesliga, thankfully, was Frankfurt winning the Europa League. Because I think that really showed the quality of the Bundesliga and the teams that had to step on, like Barcelona, like West Ham, for example. Last season, West Ham was quite a decent Premier League club. Where, where yeah. they fin- they'd finished what six seventh yeah six seventh, or seventh yeah. six or seventh and like Frankfurt played amazing and like I, I I think really really like overpowered them in that game um but yeah so that's I don't I see it as a developmental league and like the thing about Bayern is to me like I know Bayern is one of those teams that people hate for yes. no reason it's a team they mm. hate for no reason there have been you know, like no, listen, you know, I think you're right. You know why they hate Bayern? Because they're good. Because they're, they're good. good. Yeah, exactly. And like you look at like, that's why I can't compare it to like a league uh, and a PSG being like the leader of that league. Because Bayern isn't spending hundreds of millions of euros. Their team has been built around the likes of like still to this day, Miller, Neuer. You look at Kimmich, who is still a very young player, but he's been part of the squad now for, I don't know how many years now. You have Musiala now, who's going to be probably the top. Yeah top of the world for the next 10 years to come and like they build this dominance around youth players that they develop themselves versus spending x amount of money bringing players in but max you you forgot in that part that they've also bought the best players from the rivals throughout the years exactly that, sure. that, that yes or no takes away competitivity in the league you know no, I, yeah, I, I agree with that 100% but the way I also see that is like the players they bought they get bought anyways if Bayern doesn't buy them like Bayern's not playing Bayern's not buying players 
that other European giants aren't looking out for and will buy maybe not that season, maybe they buy them the season after. So it really Yeah, exactly. But but at the end of the day, at the end of the day you're 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 talking about okay, take Leipzig last year, who were second, I believe. Um they gave Bayern maybe not a year, not 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 last year, but the year before, before Nick Nagelsmann moved to Bayern, right? They gave Bayern their coach that made them second in the league. And then they proceeded to give them Sabitzer and Upamecano. Yeah. So what's going on? Like if you're second, like you could, and this is the thing, I think it's just a culture of the, like you said, it's a developmental league, right? So you develop talents and sell, you develop talents and sell. Best example in that league is Borussia Dortmund, right? Uh, the amount of, of money they make is they, they multiply their money times five or seven or 10 uh, times what they paid for players, right? And it's great, like good, but this is the problem with the Bundesliga. The Bundesliga, they could have great teams. Dortmund's been, he's played Champions League finals, won Champions League. So like they could have all this, but then they've, they've become, it's a culture. It's not just Dortmund now. People are following, instead of wanting to follow on Bayern's steps, they want to follow Dortmund's steps, which is get a player maybe for free for five mil, develop them, reach semi-final of the Champions League with them and then break apart the team and sell whatever. Like, let's take the last team that made the, champ the Champions League final for Dortmund. You, you sold Gundogan, you sold Lewandowski left, you sold Gotze, you sold everybody, right? Um, yeah. And th this is what they do. And they shouldn't, I, in my opinion, they should look to, to Bayern, not as an example, not to Dortmund, right? Because I think, I think if they did that, Leipzig would win a Bundesliga within five years. At least, Dortmund I mean, would within five to ten years. You know. Yeah, I yeah. don't think we should be punishing Byron though, or getting mad at them for literally doing what I think everyone else. Well, we hate them. That's the thing, <laughs> though. Like, <laughs> you're weakening your own competition, and the competition's letting you do so. Like, awesome. Um, I think people compared to Byron and PSG, the like, let's say they're both farmers leagues for this example. Like Bayern actually gets it done on the bigger stage um, in the Champions League, right? They win, and even if they, if they don't win, they're in the semis, quarters, in the final. Um, PSG is always there too. Yeah, I think PSG is and will be PSG there. Is Literally, last sixteen, last sixteen, last sixteen. Exactly. With like an unbelievable. Hey, we are we are a couple good shots away from Mbappe and Neymar in the Champions League final of, of saying the opposite, right? PSG Bayern Munich in 2020 or whenever it was, you're talking about one game and it, now we're not even having this conversation because PSG would have a Champions League title. And obviously, maybe you wouldn't say it about Bayern either because Bayern throughout history, to be fair to them, have been maybe the most consistent in the Champions League after Real Madrid, historically, obviously. But yeah, I mean, you can't, you're right, Aaron, you can't really just blame Bayern. I'm just saying that's why Bundesliga is not just, it's just not that attractive to me, you know? Uh, I'd rather watch a relegation battle game in the Premier League than watch Dortmund against Leipzig in the Bundesliga. Or the MLS playoffs. Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> All right. the, 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 big, the big one is, it, I don't think it should be considered, like, I understand it's not the most exciting league, but I don't think it should be considered a farmer's league based on the talent that's come out of it and based on how dominant Bayern actually is. Like, Bayern makes that league look worse than it is based on how good they are. Like, if you look at the goals Bayern is scoring against all these other Bundesliga clubs, like it, the Gnabry goal a couple days ago, like, those goals they're scoring 
they're scoring against a Chelsea, against yeah. any other big club, and they show that in the Champions League when they rip apart the London clubs, which they like to do. It's like their quality I, is so high that it does make the league look worse. And I mean, at the end of the day, like a bottom tier Bundesliga team will be miles ahead of a bottom tier league owned team. Are, are they going to be fine without a number nine? Yes, actually, I'm super, super excited. I've been a huge fan of Mane for years, and I'm very excited that Bayern does not have a traditional nine now, because I think that has been the downfall in European football for them when they don't do well. Because, like Lewandowski, yes, prolific goal scorer, but he's a goal scorer if you get the ball to him. He's not yeah, a exactly. player that can receive the ball deep in the midfield beam up the field and do it on his own. Mane is that type of player. So now I think Bayern finally has a different style that they can actually introduce into European football because it was very simple. Like for teams to defend Bayern, they threw three yeah, guys on Lewandowski and then exactly. Bayern didn't produce. And that was it. I mean, now there's Mane who can bounce around the field and actually create things on his own. Well, just I mean, take... Um, wonder- I've actually changed my opinion on that. I thought Lewandowski, they were going to suffer. Not really. After watching the... And not just the 7-0 game, because I don't take that seriously. But I watched them against Leipzig. Probably the most serious game they've had. And they scored five, right? Um, so I think they'll, they'll be fine. And you can take City, right, as an example. Two years without a number nine. Champions League final and semi-final, right? Now, I think that what Max was saying depends on the coaching style. Because mm-hmm. let's remember Bayern won the Champions League with Lewandowski two years ago. And let's remember Bayern won the Champions League in 2013 as well with Mansukic as their number nine. So uh I think you can take I, the, the, I get the, your the, point. I get your yeah. point, Max. But I think it all depends on the coaching style and what he wants to do with his players on the pitch. This is what I was saying about Nagelsmann. Um he he kinda had the same thing at Leipzig. Didn't really have a proper it was Paulson, I think, the number nine. Right, and he wasn't the most prolific striker um, at Leipzig, and he was. He also used to used to kind of have interchangeable pieces in the in the front line, and I think that this is why it's working. To be honest, he's the right man for it. We're gonna go into United against Liverpool. Oscar, we'll go with you for this one. But before we do, Aaron, thanks for the reminder. People, follow our Twitter. Uh, it's at Backroom Footy. All right. Daily football content there. You can always send whatever you want in and we'll interact with it. Anyways, Oscar, United Liverpool. What's happening to Liverpool? We're not going to talk about United because we've been doing so for weeks. Obviously, they came out. They were more motivated. Um, maybe it was, I don't know, Old Trafford. But I think the issue is Liverpool. Um, what's going on with Liverpool? This time last year, they were flying. Now they're not. Why do you think that is? What's the issue? Who's to blame? Oof, there's a heavy a question. Of, a heavy question and a lot of things to blame for the, uh, this Liverpool team. First of all, is that they have not addressed the market as they should have because the midfield that we're seeing from Liverpool is one of the worst midfields that I've seen in this team in the last 10 years. Yeah. So you replaced Sadio Mane, which I believe Liverpool miss a lot because Sadio Mane is the finished article, not compared to Darwin Nunez, who is a player that can probably reach Sadio Mane's level in a couple of years. Or Diaz, or Diaz. Yeah. But, yeah, you did well replacing Sadio Mane. But the problem is, and you track back the problem to a couple of years ago when they lost a player like Gini Wijnaldum, who was a player in midfielder that could be a box-to-box player and that could defend and score goals. 
at the same time. You look at this Liverpool midfield and compare it to a Man City midfield. Man City midfield can score, Kevin De Bruyne can score, Bernardo Silva can score, Gundogan can score, Rodri can score once in a while. There's nobody in this Liverpool midfield that can score. And they just rely so much on focusing on the top three, on the front three. And that it's, it's, it's impossible for them to score because if the front three are not having a good day, they're not going to score any goals. So 100%. what can Liverpool do? Go all the way uh, in the market to sign Jude Bellingham. I know that they're probably waiting until next year, but if they really want to save their season and want to do better this season and probably challenge for the Premier League, I think they need a midfielder who can do the same job that job that Wijnaldum was doing. Okay, um, Max, what do you what do you think about that one? Said so the the game or Oscar's take on that one? Uh, oh well, if you want to go at Oscar's take, we'll take it. But no, I, uh, I I agree with Oscar's take. That okay. was what I was going to get at, pretty much. I agree their midfield is in shambles. Like it's yeah, yeah. I think you don't have it's it's very limited. Like if you if you all. if you go out out at Old Trafford, even at with this, this United side, um, and you play with Fabinho, Henderson, and Milner, it's as limited as it gets. Right, you won't do anything other than maybe recover the ball and then and then try and connect a pass to the front three. Yeah. Right, I think that to be honest, recruitment's been like poor in that sense, specifically in the midfield, but also like up top, like you said, Oscar, like Darwin Nunez is not it, not yet, maybe, right? Um, Diaz, people thought that, okay, you know what? Uh, Liverpool are not going to struggle because they have Diaz. They, they brought in a guy, a left winger for a left winger. Diaz is not, doesn't have, he's not going to bag in half the goals that Mane would get in the, in a Premier League season or in, in, a, in an overall season. He would score 20 plus goals. Diaz is going to get you 10 to 12, maybe 15 goals in a good year, I think. It's just because he's a different player. Eden Hazard wouldn't get to 20 goals and he was the best player in the Premier League, right? So it's the same thing. It's that profile of a player, I think. Um, but I, I think Diaz can get there, honestly. Oof, oof. Not I don't know. this year, not this year. Not this season. I think he yeah. can get Maybe there. Maybe not too. next, but I think he can get there. If he stays in this system and like when Diaz is on, he's on. Like and you see that from his goals. Like the goals he's scoring. Like if he can be consistent with that. Yeah, but you know you know what it is? I think um well if you take a look at like Mane, obviously let's say last year, front line, Mane, um, or even the year before, be Firmino. Mane and Salah, right? These guys would score because Firmino would drop deep, right? He would drop deep, open up the space in behind. That's how these guys scored because they have pace and they have, obviously, they're good finishing, right? Diaz, like, he could also rely on that. But Nunez is not that type of number nine. Nunez is a, he lives inside the box, right? So you're not even giving these wingers the chance to, to do that. So they're going to have to fight uh, for themselves to find goals and score them in different ways, right? Salah scored a header at Old Trafford, right? And it's it's just uh, it's you get you're gonna have to now find new ways of scoring, and I think it's gonna be challenging, even for someone as good at finishing as Salah, right? But I think to be honest, there's one big uh, person to blame here, and I think it's Klopp. If you take the 2018-2019 season, it's the same team except for maybe Thiago in there, Nunez and Diaz. Right. Other than that, it's the same exact team, and and, and I, that just shows that you're not you're relying too much on these on these players. Like take Manchester City. Every two years, Pep goes and signs players, and then that maybe that makes some other guys leave or whatever. But he signs players because he knows that he needs that in his squad. Right. Constant kind of uh, change and competition, 
And Liverpool has not had that at all. I think these guys are relaxed in the starting eleven. They know that they or in the in the squad, they know where they where they stand and they they're happy with it. Who did you sign as competition for Trent Alexander Arnold? No one. He knows he's gonna start. He and he's poor. terrible. He's terrible. He's been terrible <laughs> defending. He's a defender. And the guy, yeah, he can give you an assist from his own half, but he then he'll concede two goals on his on his wing, you know? And it's 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 not it's not working, you know. Um, so I think that, to be honest, in his selection, Klopp is is being he's trusted Firmino this season. Firmino hasn't didn't do enough last season to deserve being the starter. Still, you know, Nunez first game of the season comes in from um, from the bench, scores and assists, and obviously it wasn't a win. But he's showing he played against City, comes in from the bench, he get wins a penalty and scores, and is still not being selected. Right. So I think that is is one thing for Klopp to think about. You know. I mean, Rick, I, I don't think that recruitment has been so poor at Liverpool. I just think it doesn't, it, it hasn't worked. Because you bought a player like Naby Keita, who was supposed to be that box-to-box player who could bring goals. Yeah, but it didn't work. Naby Keita's yeah. been there three years. I know, I know. That, that's, what, that's where I'm getting. It didn't work. You bought Thiago. But Thiago is a little magician when he has the ball, but he can only play probably two out of six games because he's very injury-prone. So I don't think recruitment has been poor. It just hasn't worked. Yeah, but if if it okay, so Thiago, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna, I agree with what you said, but when Thiago is fit, he starts 100 of the time, and he makes that team a lot better. That was a good signing for me. That's a win. Keita's an absolute loss. Um, but then get rid of him the next year, two years after. It's been three years since he signed for Liverpool, and he's still there. And why? I don't get it. Right. Um, so I think I, it's just the club maybe gives tends to trust his players too much. Is what I'm saying. I think Jurgen. I think the problem. I I understand what you're saying. I want to get to another point. I think Klopp is so he he's not so open minded about uh, like Pep Guardiola. You know, and it's not that I'm comparing these two, but just because Guardiola goes into the market and spends 150 million on a window, then Klopp sees that and probably he thinks, hey, I I, I don't want to spend 150 million on a window because that's not my way of doing it. But I think there, it comes a point where you have to spend if you want to keep competing, you know? And it's not just club, it's probably the Liverpool philosophy. We're, we're forgetting something from Liverpool as well. I think we're judging them too early in the season. Yes, they've been poor in these uh, first three opening games. But we're also forgetting that they have probably six players that are very important to the squad injured. And out of those six players, I think probably four our starters. Yes, but then this is where it can't be an excuse. Manchester City no, was playing the semi-final excuse. of the Champions League with their whole back line injured, right? And they still put up a good fight against Real Madrid. And it's it's this is what I mean. Like it, This is where the recruitment part comes in. He hasn't once tried to replace or get a backup for Trent. And who, who did he get for Robertson? Simikas? Like, I don't think he's a good enough yeah. backup, right? Um, to be fair, you know, and center backs. Who are your center backs? Mat- Joe Matip, um, v- uh, Van Dyke, and Joe Gomez. Who Joe Gomez? I don't think he even considers him as a as a proper starting center back. You know, and and th- this is the thing. Like you got to make sure that you have three solid options at center back at least. Um, and I don't think he does. Quickly, I'm just going to say one thing. Like I think we'd be ignoring the fact of City's, uh, sorry, Liverpool's lack of like defensive defensive midfielder signings if 
their current attacking was performing. And if you look on paper, if you look at Salah, Nunez, Luis Diaz, that's quality. That's world class. And that is probably what Klopp was banking on. Yeah. And now all of a sudden it doesn't work out. And now, yes, now because of that, they're screwed. And now we can start picking apart someone like Trent. But if Liverpool is winning every game 5-2 with what their front line should be doing, no one's going to care about, even if it's like horrendous defending on the two goals, people aren't going to attack Trent, attack their back line as long as they're winning. I think it's just me thinking that you can't just rely on those front three guys. You know, oh, of course, which is how I feel. Like, yeah, initially, you shouldn't, and you shouldn't. Even from, yeah, even from, even from, even when you have Salah and Mane going off up top with Firmino, you still should not think, okay, what happens if tomorrow these guys, you know, break their legs? What do I do? Yeah. You know, uh, you gotta have goal scorers behind them too. I think you can have goal scorers, midfield midfielders that score 10, 15 plus goals, like say Gundogan in a good season, for example, or you can have guys that at least will give you seven to 10 goals, but you got to have something in there. Um, okay, let's, uh, let's go. Let's go into stoppage time. Sorry, I had to wait so long. We'll start with, um, okay, so I, I, I asked you guys again, I asked you in advance, so you guys should be ready. Give me your best Premier League player outside of the big six. Max, do you have one? Oh, I'm ready. I got okay. I got I got one that I'm a little more leaning towards, but I think these two are like on the same level for me. Okay, but it's gonna be a bit of a hot take because it really comes down <laughs> to consistency. Okay. But that's <laughs> Let's I see might it. get ripped apart for this one, but it is Wilfred Zaha and Saint Max. Those two guys, when they are on. Zaha especially, Zaha the one I'm leaning more to, Zaha could be one of my favorite players ever to watch when he's on. When yeah. he's off? Yeah, but do you know what? Like, St. Maximin is less consistent than Zaha. I, I would say Zaha yeah. is somewhat consistent. He'll give you 15 goals in the Prem, more or less, you at, know? At Palace. Yeah, I, at I, Palace. I would love to see Zaha at a big club at some point, but I don't, I don't think we will. 100%. 100%. Yeah, no, I don't think we will. But 100%, I'll take, I'll take Zaha, yeah. I was going to go with St. Maximin as well, but uh, I think another Newcastle player that is doing a great job Obviously, Newcastle is upside of the top six. Is Bruno Guimarães? No, that's mine. That's mine. Okay, well, I think, whatever. I think he could start for for any uh, big club in the big six in the Premier League, and that's why Real Madrid were uh, there were reports about Madrid wanting him at the Bernabeu. So I don't know. I think he's been doing fantastic, and that's why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why I even let you guys go first. I should just give mine and then. Um, okay, I had another one. I had another one. Again, I one that I mentioned today and I like a lot. But I, you could also think of another one. Um, Pedro Neto for me, a winger. Fantastic. I think he's a huge, huge, huge talent. And I think he's fantastic. He just needs to be at a bigger club, to be honest, to kind of explode, you know. Um, Aaron, you have one yet? I got one. I got one. I'm going to throw it out there. Uh, West Ham legend Declan Rice, 23 years okay. old. Okay. Hey, linked to Chelsea, 150 million. <laughs> oh, yeah. That yeah. Goodness. I would take him right now, to be honest. Um, okay. You don't need him. Hey, let me take him. <laughs> Chelsea, we don't sign because we need, my man. When oh, we need, man. then we don't sign. That's, an, that's, <laughs> another, Eng- that's another English tax for sure. You're, you're yeah. sounding, like, sounding like Barcelona here. Good. Jeez, honestly. Okay. Um, 
Bayern chances of, of winning the UCL? Give me um, percentages. Max, let's go with 100%, you. 100%, baby. Oh, of All course you did. Yes. We're going for it. All right, Aaron. Like, realistically, I think 38, 39% in the final, to be honest, if anything. And I said this before the start of the season. That they okay. So, again, uh, yeah, if anything, it's going to go up, I think. Okay. Uh, Oscar? Uh, percent of reaching the final or winning the final? Winning the, the Champions League. 35. 35%. Wow. I'm going to double that and I'm going to go with 70 I've, uh, I like what I'm seeing from Bayern. I'm also taking into account that every English team except for City is going to suck this year in the Champions League. Um, I'm also taking into account that Madrid just won it. I don't think they're going to win it again. Maybe they'll challenge for it, but I don't know if they're going to. I don't know if they're going to win it. Um, and and also Real Madrid is one Benzema injury away from having a terrible season all the time. So this is where it's, it makes me panic a little bit. Barca, good team, great team, not going to be enough. Uh, and then who do you have? PSG? Careful with that one. I said 70% Bayern, but I'm going to say 95, 99% PSG. I'm telling you, these guys are playing amazing football. I'm telling you. Watch out. I know you're shaking In your head, Max. Farmers. Liverpool. Liverpool. Doesn't matter. Hey, hey, doesn't matter. Uh, right now, Bayern is 7-1 to one to win. So I might just throw the mortgage on Bayern Munich here. Do it. PSG <laughs> is out here scoring like real life FIFA glitches. That's how bad League One is. <laughs> That's true. That is 100% true. But I'm telling you, they're going to win the league undefeated this year. Um, okay. Liverpool to be second in the league this year. What are the chances, Max? Oh, man. I can't even give a percentage. I'm just going to give what my expected table is. Okay. City, Arsenal, Chelsea. Spurs, <laughs> Chelsea. Okay. Liverpool yeah. outside the top four. Wow, I love Hot that. Take. I love that. Okay, um, Aaron. 70 to 90. They're going to bounce back, in my opinion. Um, they're going to be, I think, a fair bit behind City, and I think it'll be a fight for second place, but I think they'll be second, no problem. Oh, wow, that's high. Um, Oscar. 90%. 90%. You guys are like, you've not been watching the Prem. No, um, okay. I've also been watching the Prem, but it's been... Pay attention, three, boys. It, it's been just three games. Ah. You, you cannot get mean, so much after the three games. Liverpool, well, I mean, Manchester City were 14 points clear of Liverpool in December last year, and they ended up winning the league just by one. Yes, but... I mean, it, it, it's a struggle. It's a dip that they're in Liverpool right now. But as soon as Thiago comes back in, as soon as uh, Darwin Nunez is back from suspension and you still have two more weeks in the transfer market, anything can happen. I think they're going to bounce back. All right. My, my percentage is 30% for Liverpool to be second this year in the Premier League. Um, okay. Now we'll move on to the start bench drop. Um, we have three players, midfielders, center midfielders. We're going to go with Marco Verratti from PSG. Frankie de Jong from Rod uh, from uh, Barcelona and Rodri from Manchester City. Who do you start? Who do you bench? Who do you drop? Oscar, let's go with we, you. We switch this. Off one. Yes, I switched it. I'm sorry. Yeah. It was a surprise. <laughs> uh, I start Rodri based on what I've seen from him. I think he's the best defensive midfielder in the world right now. Yeah. I, I bench Berati and I drop the Young. Tough one. Very tough one. But I think that's how I would go. So he said, okay, so I mean, 
the best center midfielder in the in the world. I don't know. You do have Kovacic in the Premier League too. Um, but yes, oh, sure. That's such a joke. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, yes, that was a bit of a that was a bit of a yeah. That was biased from my part. So you're bent. You're dropping the young. Okay, Max. What are you doing? Starting Verratti, 100. percent Rodri is mm-hmm. on my bench. I would like to specify that I'm seeing the bench as someone I will be using. Like, I'm not benching okay. him. He's never playing. I'm benching <laughs> yeah, yeah. him. He will have minutes because I do like Rodri. <laughs> De Jong, see you later. That guy's gone on a free. I, I do not rate wow. him Wow, wow, wow. Okay. Um, hey, Bayern want De Jong, apparently. Um, Aaron, what about you? I think this is an easy one for who to cut. Yeah, De Jong. This form is... Okay, anyways. Let's stop talking about that guy. Um, Verratti, Who are you I mean, it's pretty even, but since Verratti is the farmer's farmer, I think I have to. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> I, I actually think so. You're 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 benching Verratti and you're dropping the young. Okay, I actually think that Verratti is the one midfielder right. Well, not right now for the past ten years that would have started in any top side in the world i think that the guy is absolute quality um and 100 he's my first choice and i have a sort of a weak spot for frankie de Jong. um i think he's a good player in a terrible situation right now and that didn't allow him to thrive but he's absolute quality too um so i'm gonna i'm gonna drop Rodri from Manchester City. Wow. I'm sorry, Oscar. I'm sorry, okay? We can't all say that City is the best in the world. I'm sorry. I mean, it's not the best, but you're not, not rating Rodri as one of the top defensive hey, It's a tough one. Three. No, I'm saying maybe he's the top three, but he top three can't cut it in this scenario. You know? <laughs> okay. This guy is saving that one. He's saving that one. Whenever he scores another banger in like in a, in a year, he'll be he'll be calling my name. Um, okay, last one. We're gonna do a bit of a trivia, guys. Okay, so obviously we just had Casemiro signed from Manchester United, and I just want to test you guys um, to see how how's your your footy knowledge. All right, he is the tenth player to play for both Real Madrid. And Manchester United. Can you name how many of the nine can you name? Other nine can you name? All right. It's honestly not that hard. There's one that 100% I'm not expecting you to get. But let's 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 all start here. I got eight, and no, I got seven. Sorry, and I had to look for the other two. Um, Ronaldo. Okay, Ronaldo. Hold on. <laughs> Ronaldo. That's one. Beckham. Two. Van Nistelrooy. Yes. Three. Di Maria. Baran. Yes, five. Casemiro. That doesn't count, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you need you need four more. Uh, we are missing. Okay, he's. A, I'll give you a hint. He's a pundit. He's a pundit right now. Yeah, I see the Ballon d'Or. Owen. Yes, Michael Owen. Six. Um, what's Yanisai? Did he play for both? No, no, he didn't. Right now, they he get was. very hard. They get hard after this. You go, okay, I'll give you an. I'll give you a hint. Mexican player. Chicharito. Chicharito. Yes. Oh Seven. You missing? Okay, this one is. He's from Argentina. Defender. Older. He's older. Oh. He's still playing. Nope. Gabriel oh, Heinz. Oh. I'm sorry. You were never gonna get that one. 
Um, that's eight. Okay, and the last one I'm gonna tell you because you will 100% not know. It's Laurie Cunningham. It was the first uh, player. You do? No, I said I don't. Oh yeah, nobody does. Um, yeah. So so I mean, he was the first one to um to play from, or I think to go from United to, to Madrid or something. Long time ago. But yeah, well done. Actually, you did pretty well. I only had to feed you like three of them. Um, okay. Well, guys, we'll leave it at this. We'll leave it at this. All right. Thank you for joining Max for the first time. We'll hope to have of you course. here. Don't make us wait too long. All right. Well, of course. Um, I'm glad we finally decided that Bayern is no longer a farmer's league. So that's good <laughs> that the internet is aware of that. <laughs> yes, perfect. We'll try and make them aware. Um, boys, make sure you follow our Twitter again. Uh, it's at Backroom Footy. All right, send in whatever you want to send in. Even okay, you know what? Tell us if you think the Bundesliga is a farmers league. All right, we'll we'll we'll, we'll take your opinion and we'll try and interact with it. Okay, um, Oscar, Aaron, Max, see ya. Take care. Hey, we'll catch you for the next one. All right. Ciao. Have a good night, boys.